radio? Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. Okay. Into four check. Speed on this line. JT Brown out with him. Along with Cedric Paquette as a center. He passes along and scores! Heart Collective to bring in for Tuesday, September 17th, 2019. Did I get it right? Did I get it right? I, I got it right. right. 2019, I am Brutes Pataglia of the North Side. Uh, and I am James Cole from hey, Wake the Giant. Mm, yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we are a day late this week. Uh, we told you sure. we were going to be a Monday podcast. And then, and then week number two, we've already... It's hard to get back in the swing of things, you know? Uh, Mondays are hard for us, but Sundays are harder for some of us. I'm just going to interject real quick and and, and point out that we we really missed a a really good Fiddler's Green opportunity here with uh, September 17th. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, well. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like people come here not to get depressed. That's fair. And, you know, they're going to get depressed enough. In the middle of January, listening to this podcast when we're complaining about how Mitch Marner only has, like, 46 points mm. or something instead yeah. of, like, 80 sure. after 50 games. You know, like, they're, they're, like there's going to be enough depressing times. We need to stay light in September. We need to stay light in October. we got to keep the mood up a little bit, you know? And what better way to do that than a little bit of upbeat music in between us rambling for, like, an hour and a half? Works for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. just I got a lot of positive feedback on our outro song Ooh. last week because I used uh, the Poor Young Things. Yes, a little bit of blame it on the good times. Yeah. R.I.P. Poor Young Things. Yeah, they're not dead. Uh, well, well, the band is. The, they're all the guys. The, in the members band, are all very much alive individually. But Scott was he was having a good time on uh, Saturday there. Yeah, I didn't talk to him. I no, didn't see him though. Okay. I talked to Athena. A bit. That's fair. That's fair. Nice people. Yeah, lovely couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you were at Wake the Giant. I uh, was at Wake the Giant. Yeah. Uh, well, sometimes we were there. Uh, I had a good time. Had a I, great thought, time. I thought that was a very, very well done event. Um, what I what I liked about it, and what I will say this about it, is it was very nice to go to a blues fest type of event, like a, like a music fest at the marina. Uh, you know, a lot of good vendors. It was very nice to be part of a younger very positive feeling crowd Mm. because I found the vibe at the festival. Everyone was having a very good time. Everyone was happy to be there. It was, it was a very, it was just a nice vibe. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I really enjoyed it because I'm not shitting on the city by any means. You can, but I'm, I'm saying the blues fest doesn't have the same sort of vibe. Everybody's having a good time, but not to that extent. No. And what was best about that was it was a dry festival. And everybody had a great time. Yeah, true. Yeah, I know there was... I a, think anyway. I, I know I had a good time. I, I'm sure I there were speak for those him. that were a little concerned about the dry aspect. But sure. I think it worked well. I mean, you've That's got fine. enough downtown that you, if you really need to you get pissed leave, up... You can leave and go. Yeah, you yeah. can, you can make it work. Yeah, and it, 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 
you know, it, it just it would have been hard to do that event. Yeah. An all ages event. Sell. Yeah. And try to serve people quick enough. Mm-hmm. You know, like it just never would have made sense to have it there. I know that they had thought about doing it in the first place and I'm sure I'm sure it would have gone fine still. Uh, but I think it was a good uh, it was a good choice to yeah. have it as a drive-in. Big fan of the uh, no chairs past this point sign. Yep. Yeah. 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 Come on, Blues Fest. Really, really, a lot of positive things to say mm-hmm. about uh, what they did there, and it was a it was it was a good time. Um, some of us had too good of a time. <laughs> uh, we were supposed to record Sunday evening. Uh, Black. Well, was it Sunday afternoon? No, we were going to do it Sunday evening because we knew we were going to be a little tired. A little tie tie. Uh, some of us more tired than others. Yeah. Um, were you able to work yesterday? Work is a. You were able word. to go to work. I went to work. Okay. I wasn't all that productive. That's fine. Yeah. I feel. I feel like in a job. <clears throat> I feel like in a part-time job. Your coworkers owe you a day every few months where you can kind of just like you know what yeah. you work while you're here you do a good job while you're here we got you today the the problem you know was that i, I was managing ah yes so, ah yes way to those, set a good example for yeah. your well you don't do anything when you manage anyway uh-huh. you got to talk to people though which is a, not an easy thing when you're hung over no, not when you reek uh, from you, every pore you need to be like Pretend happy, yeah. And when there's not much to be happy about, in yeah. fact, a lot of things to be sad and shameful about. Yeah. So, <laughs> just a little update on on how my day went. Yeah, sure. Um, it was to the point where I had a few people at work uh, tell me that, "Hey, man, uh, maybe someone put something in your drink," because I honestly have never experienced uh, that sort of feeling. Never mind, like hangover. Just, just the feeling I had going on in, inside my body was was very off-putting. Okay. So that was a little concerning to, to contemplate whether or not that was an option. Because, uh, yeah, uh, the night was going great. And then I woke up at 3.30 and had to work at 4. So, yeah, uh, that was my day, hmm. sleeping. You know what was remarkable about the whole thing is... And I'm not rubbing this in your face. I just think it's a funny Don't sort of do. like juxtaposition here. Uh, was that, you know, we drank, we did drink a lot in the final like 80 minutes of the night. Uh, for those of you who were not there, we had a friend join us after Wake the Giant um, who does like to buy drinks often. <laughs> Like, there was no reason for him to continue buying us drinks. He went, do you remember him going to the bar at 159 to buy us another round of Long Island iced teas, that, which are not a small drink and have lots of shots of alcohol in them? Uh, that didn't happen. And I had literally half a drink left at 2 o'clock. They're kicking us out, bro. We only have a short amount of time to get the fuck out of here, and they're going to start being rude to us and stuff like that. Pretty sure they need to have the tables cleared off by 2.15, and they didn't. Uh, well, that's their own fault for selling us drinks. No, it is, for sure. I'm not, blaming, I'm not blaming them. I'm just saying it's funny, because we had a bunch of drinks still at 2.15. But he continued to buy drinks. So, like, all I'm saying is, like, I fully expected, and I'm very, like, very rarely am I aware of this while the night is happening... I was thinking about it while the night was happening. 
holy fuck, I'm going to feel like shit tomorrow. I woke up yesterday, felt like I hadn't been out. I felt great yesterday. I could have I could have worked. I drank a lot on Saturday. <laughs> I'm calling you next time and you can you I, can manage the building. I don't know what happened why I felt Ugh. so fine. I was fine. I barely napped. I was good. A personal uh I had a good day. A personal apology uh, a, a apology to my mother whom I stood up for <laughs> breakfast. Uh Yeah. Yeah, not my finest moment. Yeah. But yeah, well, that was what didn't make sense to me initially, was when your girlfriend was texting me worried about your whereabouts, was I'm like, well, but he had somewhere to be this morning, so there's no way he's not doing that, even at his worst state. Oh, I, so I it, woke up it, to... That's how I knew it was bad, was woke like... Woke up to a few people trying to track me down, let's oh, yeah. just put it that way. Yeah, well, so. uh, you know, and I was trying to join my afternoon, and then I got pulled into a search party briefly. Yeah. And the best part was, is they're all worried. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, I probably got too fucked up. Have you ever seen this kid puke? <laughs> kid loves to puke. I found out that apparently the Bannock Burger is the close cousin of the Meatball Sub. <laughs> I did say, too, I was like, uh, I was talking to my mom about it, and, and she's like, well, did he eat that well? And I cut her off, like, right away, and I'm like, you know, <laughs> he has really interesting choices when he's drinking in terms of a food drink sort of combo and i started doing the inventory and i'm like the bannock burger and I'm, i looked at her i'm like what did he have for dinner because you went for dinner with our mothers but i was not there i'm like what did he eat for dinner well he had a couple tacos and i'm like okay and then what did you have with the tacos uh, cheese curds yeah <laughs> I had a hot dog at the she's, festival. She's like, and he had two beers with dinner, and I'm like, that's not that's the that was that's two beers in an ocean of beers yeah. for the day. Like yeah. that that wasn't the problem. But at the end of the day, you know, you had you had what would you say, like seven beers? Those those two beers were not the uh shall I say, nautical disaster of the evening. Right. Yeah. you you would what what would you say? About literally probably about eight, nine beers, beers, just beers. During the course of the day? Yeah. Oof. You think more than that? Two, four, six. I'd say I only eight. had probably seven or eight. Yeah, eight. And then, I don't know about you, but in the 110 minutes that we were at the Sovereign Room, I, I had five Long Island iced teas. Five? Oh, yeah. You couldn't be much for far behind me. I thought I had three. <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. sure we went drink for drink. Because I remember thinking I was impressed that, like, I was running out of gas and you were still going. I was like, I'm I'm pretty done. Uh, sorry, I should say I had about four and a third. Because that last one, I was like, I'm... Um, Pole Hill looks at me and he's like, finish your drink! <laughs> like, I'm dehydrated. My body is seizing. I feel terrible. Well, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm glad I'm we done. had this talk. Because I had like maybe... two or three waters before I left the bar. I'm like, I, I'm, I feel like shit. Maybe uh, maybe I did more damage than I thought I did. You might so have. That's reassuring. Well, there you go. Yeah, that helps me feel better. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember what our Uber driver looked like? Don't remember getting home. There we go. Yeah. Now, what would have been nice at the end of the night to maybe soak up some of the alcohol would have been your, your street meats. You know, some sort of a street meets, some sort of a stop. Like, Pole Hill was thinking about stopping at McDonald's. Yeah. And, uh, and then we never did. Yeah, I stopped. Uh, the last He was thing willing I had... to pay, not just for the U-Ride to sit in the McDonald's drive through for ten minutes, which would have cost at least ten dollars, much more probably. Uh, he was willing to buy the McDonald's. I feel and like, I'm like I, I got advantage I gotta of, put a stop uh, to that. Mr. Pole Hill uh, on Saturday night, now that we're looking back See, on all this. See, here's the thing, though, James. 
There's no convincing him otherwise. I've tried. He's, he's too generous. And it's fine. But, like, I just... It's not even worth arguing no. You know? He doesn't ask if you want a drink. He gets up, and you're drunk, so you don't even notice he's getting up or anything like that. You assume he's gone to the washroom. You assume he's still sitting there. You don't even notice he's gone. And then he just comes back with five fucking drinks again, and he's like, Here we go! He bought more drinks than there were people at the table at one point. Like, he brought five Long Island iced teas back, and there were only four of us at that point. And I'm like, you know, there's only four of us. And he's like, well, where's your buddy? I'm like, he left like half an hour ago. He's gone. Not ideal. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, ideally, some sort of like a hot dog or something would have... Well, that was the last thing I had to eat during the night. And uh, that was like six hours before we were done. So not a lot of... Not what's, a lot of filler. What's the full inventory of what you ate that day? Hot dog, Bannock Burger, two tacos. Was Bannock Burger good? Bannock Burger's delicious. Yeah, look good. I will say that. Cheese curds. Cheese curds. Um, Did you have pizza? No, what did I have for lunch? No, though? you weren't with me then. What did I do for lunch that day? Saturday lunch. I don't know. You didn't eat lunch with me. I had a, uh, I had a cheese... Oh, I had, I had a cheesy croissant sandwich for breakfast that my dad made. That was delicious. Um, yeah. Maybe I didn't have lunch. Maybe I skipped lunch. Yeah. Well, I mean, we met around lunchtime. You never ate lunch. Now, what I would say is is if you had had more hot dogs, maybe it would have absorbed your, your alcohol a little bit better. Perhaps. And uh, what better way to lead off our hockey conversation than to talk about the one guy who apparently uh, is the only guy on planet Earth that hates the guy who loves hot dogs. Was well, that Malkin, just a really complicated way of saying Evgeny Phil Malkin, Kessel likes uh, hot dogs? Phil Kessel uh, did not get along, apparently, in Pittsburgh. And uh, Phil Kessel likes hot dogs. And Evgeny Malkin does not like Phil Kessel. Do you think Evgeny Malkin likes hot dogs, though? Because, like, don't you think they could have bonded over hot dogs? If you can't bond over two Stanley Cup championships, then <laughs> I don't think there's any hope in the hot dog world. I don't world. think the hot dog's gonna matter, bro. No. Not, not a <laughs> game changer. You, if you guys can't eat hot dogs out of the fucking top of the Stanley Cup, then what are you doing? Yeah, yeah so apparently uh, the boys didn't like each other. That was really no secret. Yeah, um, you, could, you could see it in the videos yeah, uh, during it was, the games. it was there. I mean, like, you see teammates arguing, but it was like, it was a lot of arguing. Yeah. And then it was like, why do these guys not play on the same line ever anymore? Mm-hmm. Like, other than a power play, they're never on the ice together anymore. And it's like, why... Like, I get the idea of spreading the wealth, but, like, are you telling me that Malkin and Kessel wouldn't work well together? And apparently, uh, they, they don't. Apparently not, yeah. They do not. Um, what, what was your take on that? Because, like, I, I think that's an interesting sort of conversation, because... There are a lot of different ways that you can kind of look at that whole story. And I mean, you know, whether or not that's actually true. Because we always have to take these sort of things with a grain of salt. But, like, it was reported by several different reputable sources that this was the case. That Evgeny Malkin had gone to the Pittsburgh Penguins, had said, uh, you're going to trade Phil, or you're going to trade me, uh, but I'm not playing with him anymore. And so let's assume it's true. It's hard to know how to take it, though, because is that... Uh, is that two personalities just clashing? Is that Malkin being a diva? Is that Phil potentially being more difficult to get along with as a teammate than maybe we think he is? Uh, is it just two misunderstood souls maybe uh, getting Passing a situation blown out of proportion kind of thing? 
it, it's interesting. Like, it makes you think because, I mean... I remember being on a team with a lot of guys that, that I didn't necessarily get along with, and, and even in a hockey sense more so because, you know, I think it's one thing to be on a team with someone. You don't necessarily need to see eye to eye with them, but you got to be willing to go to bat for them. And to see the game of hockey in such an opposite way as someone else on your team, like, I remember being on teams with guys that fucking sucked. I didn't hate them, though. Yeah. I, and I would go to bat and, for them any day was... of the week, and I, and I would never say, you know, take me off their fucking line. I, I mean, I did that a few times, but it wasn't like a huge, or I'm not coming to hockey type thing, you know. Like, I was still going to be there. Um, and you never see it out of those quality of players. Like, well, that's an interesting that's one, That's the thing. Right? Like, if Sidney Crosby decides he doesn't like Matt Cullen or whoever on the fourth line, then, yeah, okay, you can hide your fourth right. line player, you can you know, move on from that. But to have two of what you might call your core pieces, your your, For sure. your franchise guys butting well, heads like that. Second and third best player on the team, probably. Definitely. And and and, and again, Same we're not talking about a team that, you know, is burning out in the first round every year. They won back-to-back cups. Right. And, right. I, I, and I might add, uh, you are talking about a team that burned out in the first round every year, and then they got Phil Kessel. Right. Like th- this was a this was a team people forget about Pittsburgh man. Pittsburgh was on the verge of being Washington before Washington was Washington. Like Pittsburgh wasted, and I will say wasted a lot of Sidney Crosby's fucking absolute prime fucking years. And if they don't make that Phil Kessel trade, I hate to consider where we're at right now. We're 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 living in an NHL where Sidney Crosby has won Stanley Cup, and even as a guy who wasn't a fan of him back then. To be where he is now, and to be where hockey is now, and Pittsburgh is now, it's it's scary to me to think that that team was a Phil Kessel away from winning a cup. And if they don't get Phil Kessel, I don't, I really don't think they win those two cups. Like I just don't buy the argument that they would have done it without him. I I, I think he was instrumental in making that happen. And Mike Sullivan played a large a large part too. Um, I, I I think there's definitely one cup that comes off the table. You could make Maybe arguments for another one, another yeah. one yeah. but you don't. I don't think you're going back to back without Phil Kessel. Well, I think there's a decent chance that if they don't get Phil Kessel, they find someone else who stirs the drink a little bit. Sure, but I, I don't know. Like uh, you look at Jimmy Rutherford's track record of bringing players in since he's got there, and uh, Phil Kessel's really one of the only ones where it's like a shining achievement. Like to be quite honest with you, and I've beat I beat this drum in season one on this podcast. I don't think Jimmy Rutherford has done a particularly good job in Pittsburgh. And they've won two Stanley Cups. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of it is due in large part to Phil Kessel. Well, Phil Kessel, Sidney Crosby, like the guys that were already there. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. You know, like... <laughs> I mean, Crosby was secondary, you know, well, let's get this yeah. straight here. Yeah, I feel... Yin, Yin's know the Pens would have found a way. <laughs> Yin's know Patrick oh. Hornquist could have fucking played on that line. Yin's know that. What what could have been? We could have had five more years of Chris Kunitz. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I would agree with you. It, it hasn't been a whole lot of hits. It's been a lot of misses in Pittsburgh. The hits happen to kind of come all at once, and you got a couple cups out of it, so you can sweep the misses under the rug, and you know, kind of move S- on and sweep the misses under the rug. The, That's what you do with her when you're yeah, not getting along well. with her. <laughs> Yeah, there are worse ways to handle the situation. Probably. Definitely, there are. Um, moving on. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to go ahead and say that 
Evgeny Malkin just doesn't like hot dogs. That's the best yeah. way to answer your question. It is a weird. It is a, like the weirder part to think about is that was there a meeting where they actually had a conversation about saying let's keep Phil, let's move Gino out? No. You gotta look at. You gotta look. I at- I, I I agree with you to an extent, but I do think that there was something to those Malkin trade rumors this summer. Like I think there was something to them. I think that they shopped them both and very quickly decided to to keep Phil Kessel. Now, and it's not to say that, you know, they shopped him with the full intention of trading him. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of players in the NHL who got talked about in a trade this year where it's, you know, we think they probably didn't get brought up in a trade talk, but it's like, you know, I'm sure the Jets have had more than a 15-second long conversation about Patrick Laine with another team. You know, yeah, and I, I know Malkin's much better than Patrick Liney at this point, but I, I just, I think that there was a very small chance that they might have gone that other route. It's hard because I, like, I do. I, sorry to cut you off one more time, but I, I do sort of think that that might have been not that they made a mistake by keeping Malkin, but I do think the Penguins are at a point where they need to make a decision. You know does this group have one more left in them? And I think there is a very small argument to be made that they might not have one left in them. That's fair. I I won't sit here and say that they absolutely did not look at options with Malkin. I just... I never I, got that serious. I don't... Like, I, I'm sure a lot of teams would tick Evgeny Malkin, but when you're talking about F, Evgeny Malkin at 9.5 compared to Phil Kessel at 6... What six is it, Six eight retained. Six yeah. eight, like it's just it's easier to make the numbers work. There's a lot of teams. We, we went through the RFA hell that was this summer, so you have to think a lot of those teams right off the bat just realistically can't take on Malkin because we don't know what Brock Besser's going to want, or we don't know what Braden Point's going to want. Well, and, and, and I mean, you do look at a lot of a lot of these teams that you know currently have restricted free agents sitting out that simply are having a hard time making the numbers work to even sign the guys that they already have. Exactly. You know, and, and and does Vancouver move out of Besser because they want to bring in a Malkin? I mean, like, that would be a horrible idea for that team. But, you know, I guess the Flames are a team that, that you could look at. Like, is it worth trading Matthew Kachuk to bring in Evgeny Malkin right now? And for the Flames, it might be. It's just a matter of how they want to look at it. Mm-hmm. But... To your point, bringing in a nine and a half million dollar player, especially in their early to mid thirties now on Malkin, uh, it's a tough it's sell in a lot of yeah. in a lot of ways. I think Arizona was the right fit for Phil because Arizona could look at that trade and say, "We're bringing in a guy that he's established himself in the league. He's going to be an instant star. He's someone that you know we can market around, and we could do that with Malkin." But Phil's fine. Phil's going to get the job done. Phil's going to be more patient, too, I think. He's Gino's going to get there and exactly. get really frustrated with... He's cheaper. Know. We can do the exact same thing. You know, we know what we have. We're not kidding anybody. Yeah. Like, to bring in Evgeny Malkin, who's going to expect a cup, whereas right. Phil Castle is just looking for stability at this point in his career because, yeah. like, look at the guy's track record. You have four years in Boston, four years in Toronto, four years in Pittsburgh. Holy shit! Like I don't can even I just, think it was four years. Maybe was it? not. It, well, yeah. it was at least three. Three, I think. But yeah, you know, and, and like, just like, can I just sit down for a second and like maybe 
put some roots yeah. somewhere. So I, I think he's really going to have a good time in Arizona. I think it's it's going to be yeah. best for both worlds. And I don't I don't see that being the case with Malkin. So. Yeah, no, I, I I think it'd be tough. I mean, at the end of the day, like if if you want to move Malkin, like there there are ways to get it done. Like I he I believe he has a no trade. Yeah. I think it's limited, is it not? Or does uh, he have to say okay on anything? Got it right here. Is it the full sign off? No movement clause. Yep. Full sign full, and a full sign off. Full no movement. Yeah, so that's a tough sell too, right? Does Gino want to go to Arizona? And I'm not going to sit here and say why wouldn't he? Like, you know, like uh, fucking, I would want to go there right now if I were a player, especially like even as a veteran. Like, you can go in and be the guy, but you don't necessarily need to be the best player because they're kind of expecting their younger guys to be that, you know. Um, but yeah, it, it would have been a tough sell to find Malkin a home where he was happy, the team was happy with him, where it was going to be a good fit. Like, I do think to some extent he is a little bit of a diva. Like, I will say that. I, I think there is a little Always bit to him. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think it's 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 incredibly overwhelming. But I think the way that he handles a lot of these situations, and, and he's shown over the past few years that he's not a perfectly mature human being as far as he is a professional hockey player. So, um, you know, like the, the way he handled the whole stick swinging thing last year was was a joke. And you're going to bring this guy in at 33, and, and this is what the young guys are supposed to be answering to and everything. Like, this is the guy that is supposed to stand behind your coach and stand behind management and be yeah. this, this you know, walking, talking beacon of the organization. And it, it's not going to work that way with Malkin. Yeah. At this point, he's he's played second fiddle to Crosby long enough that, yeah. you know, you, you, like you can hide him behind someone like that. And there's not a lot of guys in this league that you can do that for, I, I don't think. And so anywhere he goes I, at this point in his career, I, I, I really think it's a, a lost cause. I, 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 I like him for the most part, like his overall, the way he plays the game. Um, he's kind of been souring on me the last couple seasons, but yeah, he's a deadly um, hockey player. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, there's a lot. So there. I just think Pittsburgh's going to get to be our the best uh, option for him. So we're going to get to our top uh, twenty players by position list too in a bit, and you know. Like, to look at where Malkin is on it, it feels like he's too low. But, like, there's so many good centers above him that deserve to be there, but it's just bizarre to think that, you know, Malkin's not the automatic second or third best centerman in the league anymore like he was a few years ago, mm -hmm. you know. And it's not to say that he's gotten that much worse, but there are so many young players that are better than him at this point. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it is what it is, um, and, and I mean, you talked about, uh, you know, the, the Pittsburgh Penguins and Jimmy Rutherford not making a lot of hits, but I'll tell you who has made a lot of hits is the Glorious Sons. Uh, that they have. <laughs> New album, man. Yeah. Did you get around to listening to it at this point? Because I, I know that this was supposed to be the plan for uh, this week's episode, and as of Saturday, you had not listened to it, and I know you have uh, you had a bit of a rough day yesterday. I did. So I'm not sure if you've gotten around to it yet. I listened to it in its entirety today once, nice. um, and then I, I listened to a few that I really enjoyed a, a second yeah. time. Big fan of I'm on your side. I'm on your side. I like yeah, that one. no, definitely. Uh, I like that one a lot. My I think my standout was um, Spirit to Break. Um, yeah, it's a good one. They were I, all. I, I don't I'm, think there's a weak link on the album. There's no. It's it's definitely not on a 14 I'm, song. I gotta album, I gotta good. listen to it again. I think once more, yeah. but. I'm not. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I know it's been out already. We've we've heard it a couple times coming into it. But the Pink Motel is going to be one of the best 
rock songs to come out of this country. Pink Pink Motel. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's probably one of the best rock songs I've heard in the 2010 yeah. decade. It's like it's, and I mean, you know, it's not to say that Pink Motel isn't a strong song, but I will say that there has been a slightly uh, slight downtick in the quality of rock songs in the last 10 years. There really hasn't been quite as much um, stuff that I would like say is, is iconic in the, yeah. in the grand scheme. But I think Pink Motel is a song where, you know, it's hard for people in other countries, I think, to sit down and listen to that song and not find a great song within that song. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like that, that is just a, 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 a absolute 10 out of 10, like nail on the head rock song. Yeah. That, it's a song where if they were to break out of the, the sphere of, you know, Canadianness or however you want to phrase it and, you know, go on this real international level of mm-hmm. success. I, I think this is the reason they do it. Yeah. And, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm sorry to say this. They might never write another song that good ever again. Because well, and I, I mean, man, but I, I can I can think of a lot of my favorite bands that you know I don't know if any of them have written a song like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not to say that like, uh, like I don't know, like uh, maybe, like Jimmy Eat World's a band that's coming to mind right now. Jimmy Eat World's written like they have a lot of fucking hits. They are a huge rock band. I don't know that they have a ballad quite that good. Sure. Like, Polaris is really good, but, like, you know, mm-hmm. do a lot of people know Polaris? Like, they didn't even release it as a single, so, you know, can that stand alone? The Glorious Sons knew what they had. They put it out as a single. It's everywhere right now. It's yeah. huge. Yeah. And rightfully so. Like, they deserve it. Like, the Arkells don't, they don't have one like that. They don't have just a straight up just lights out rock ballad like that. Sure. They've probably got songs maybe that are better musically, but, you know, there's different types of songs. But I know what you're saying. Yeah. Pink Motel is an absolute nail-on-the-head, like, just perfect rock ballad. Yeah, and and I I was listening to this album today. I put it on, I hit play, and I was getting all excited. I'm like, I'm going to, like the last album, like, I'm going to fall in love with something right away, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to come here, and I'm going to talk about this one song that stands out, and... At the end of the day, nothing beat that song, and it was like it kind of it kind of sucked in a way because it's like yeah, we've it's already been out. There was nothing yeah. to nothing to get excited about. Like the album, don't get me wrong, is phenomenal start to finish. But you know, I just I thought I'd be sitting here tonight talking Fair about enough. something different that maybe no one's ever heard of. Where I'm probably just banging the drum and saying, yeah, you've already heard it. If you haven't, please go check it out. Yeah. But it, I'm almost on the opposite side where I, I went into the album and I was just thankful from the start that that song was even on there to begin with. <laughs> like, I'm just thankful that song exists because that's Fair. like, you know. The, the Glorious Sons are a band where, don't get me wrong, I love them. But, and I really, really like almost everything they do. But when I heard Pink Motel, I was shocked that they could even do that. Mm. You know, because this is a band that I saw at Crocs like four years ago play in front of 150 people. And don't get me wrong, crush every song, everything they did that night. They were fucking incredible. I didn't think they had it in them, though, to write a song that good. Because that is a good fucking song. It is, yeah. If, if you haven't, do yourselves a favor. If you can't get the whole album, India, just get the one song at least. What would you rate the album? 
Well, you only listen to it once, I guess. In their own discography or overall? I oh, I think it's their best album. But I don't know. The that last yet. one was pretty good. I was, was going to say I'm I'm still sold on uh, Young Beauties and Fools. It's it is a this this album's a bit of a departure from what they've done in the past, but they are a band that I can see them evolving by the album. I, I yeah. can distinguish each album from each other so far, and to do that and still remain true to who you are, uh, I think that's what I look for in a band. Is a band that can sound different but still. They're still kind of the same, mm, yeah. And to me, they're three for three so far. Yeah, like they're they've nailed all three albums I, on the head. I can't tell you there's a song they've written that I don't like. So it's, yeah, uh, I agree with you. It's smooth sailing. I, I you know what? I, I hope that this is the the trend and we get fifteen of these damn albums. But yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's my favorite yet, but we'll give it some more time. Cool. Yeah, I don't know either, but I I, I did really enjoy it. I, I liked every song on the album, so I, I am happy about that. Um, back to hockey. We should talk a little bit about hockey. The uh, San Jose Sharks have named Logan Couture as their new captain, uh, so this begins the first of his three-year stint until he inevitably is either traded or stripped of his captaincy. <laughs> I, I, I think it's a good decision. I think that's the right guy. Now, I'm I'm sure he's grown um, in his in his time on Earth, and... You know, he's going to be 30 years old pretty soon. But um, I've got it on pretty good authority from a few people that uh, this guy is uh, an asshole. Yeah, I've heard it too. So, I don't know. I, I'm i not saying it's the wrong decision. And yeah. obviously there's a little bit of tricky water involved with maybe going back to a guy like Joe Thornton who's clearly at a play-it-by-year point in his career where you don't really know if he's going to be there next season. That would have been fucked. Yeah. But I, this I don't is a know. team that insists on having a captain too, yeah. which is one thing we've noticed with them. Like they, they got a lot of great candidates. They just, yeah, I mean, like you, you, I don't know if they have a lot of great candidates. Uh, like they, but they, they have options. They definitely would not have made a wrong choice, at least from the outside looking in, at going with a guy like Vlasic. But I, I think it's fine. Like I think when you think of the Sharks at this point. You know, you think of Burns, you think of these guys, but Couture is sort of the one guy that they rely on every night to be impactful in some way. Sure. You know, like they they all rely they rely on Burns to move the pucks and skate the puck up, get involved in the rush and things like that. They rely on Carlson, same idea. They rely on Vlasic shut home de- shut down defense. You know. Kevin LeBanc to make the plays on the power play. But they, the, Couture is the one guy on the team they look to to do everything. And he does everything. And I think, you know, he is a guy, I agree with you, like I have heard concerns about him just off the ice maybe being not the friendliest person, but I've never heard anyone question his work ethic as a hockey player sure, either. Sure. Um, but he is one of those guys I, I would have to assume has grown. He seems like he's grown to me. Like, that's the thing I'm getting at with Couture. Couture is a guy a few years ago, it's not like I didn't like him, but I was not necessarily sold on him being as highly touted of a hockey player as he was. And he is a guy now that I think in the last year and a half, two years, has solidified himself, to me at least, as an absolute gamer. Like, he's a guy who, who, 
when you need a guy to step up, he's there for you. And that's what you look for in a captain, I think. Like, I think you need to be able to count on these guys because it's one thing to wear to see and to be great off the ice like Dion Phaneuf was. But if he can't step up in the game and, and change the game for you, you know, part of that use of the letter is is gone. Yeah. The timing's good. He's uh, he's just starting the first year of a, a brand new contract. So you, you know you've got him for... What's the contract again? Uh, seven years, eight million. So His cap hits eight million? Yeah. That's fine. And it's going to be 30 in March. This is It's not going to look great by the end of it, but... You know you have this guy at least if yeah. you want him for the next seven years. But one and thing, and I know you and I are going to talk about this later after the top 20 players because it's going to come up when we talk about some of the RFA deals, is, I mean, if the, if the cap does go up a certain amount, you know, when you're talking about a guy like Logan Couture making $8 million against the cap, which hopefully by that point maybe is the equivalent of like six two five against the cap, you know, and he's still a serviceable third-line winger for you that's still got that edge to him. You know, it's not the worst, but I agree no, with you. Yeah. He's probably not going to be scoring 30 fucking goals when he's 38. He can barely get to 30 goals until the last few years on a consistent basis, I think, anyway. He's hit 30 twi- uh, three times in his career. Uh, 32 in his second season, 31 in his third, and 34 two years ago. Yeah. And uh, career high in points this past season. I, I think he'll get... Think. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would think he's going to get to 30 again this year. Like, I, I, I think he... He... Now, without Pavelski being there, is the guy up front. He has to be, you know. Yeah. And I think he knows that, and I think he's going to elevate his game. I think I think he'll I think he'll get. He's a guy I'd think around thirty and forty this year, still around seventy points. But sure, yeah, makes sense. He was close last year, I guess too. But yeah, you like the move, or you're fine with it? I'm fine with it. Uh, yeah. Again, like I I may have looked at some other options, or just simply not gone with a captain this year, but. If that's who they feel their guy is, like I said, the contract, that's the right time to do it. You're not giving the guy the C and he's got two years left and he might bolt in free agency. You've got some stability there. Um, he's been a shark his entire career. Uh, he knows the city. He knows the fans. Nothing wrong with it. Cool. Dustin Bufflin announced this week that he's taking a leave of absence from the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, not much of a comment from the Jets other than Paul Maurice suggesting that it was nothing sinister and that he has some personal matters that need taken care of. Uh, immediate thought when you saw this? Odd. If it's nothing sinister... Like, he, we saw it with John Tavares the other day. Like, he had, he had to leave. He had a kid. Yeah. Um, you know, he was upfront about that. Obviously, it's a joyous occasion. Mm-hmm. Um, so, to say it's not sinister doesn't mean it's not joyous so maybe it's still not something you want to talk about but i imagine it's it's a family matter and i i think the whole point with the with maurice saying it's not sinister is just that it's not you know i'm thinking about retiring or like you know what i mean like, i was I'm, thinking more like it's not a death I'm, or i'm well yeah i i don't know to me to me sinister meant nothing that's a looming over his immediate threat as a hockey player or anything mm-hmm. or it's nothing like you know that's going to keep him from coming back was really all I, oh, I, I okay. sort of got from that. Oh. You know, I took it a little differently, I guess, but, um, yeah, hard Birth, to say birthday party. Yeah. Big birthday. Kids. Guy. I don't, I think so, but I he? couldn't say for sure. 
Our first Google of the podcast, does Dustin Bufflin have children? Is this our first Google of the season? I guess. Did we Google last week? Why is the first answer, does Dustin Bufflin have a brother? I don't care. But you care about his children. (laughs) I have children. Well, I'm just curious. I guess I care if he has a brother. I just don't. He has one child. Kira Ray Bufflin. Very nice. Oh, he has three children. Why does only one kid come up, then? He has three children and a wife named Emily. Sounds like a happy little little time in Winnipeg. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, I'm mm. not going to be concerned about it until you know more. It's, it's he no competed to... in the 2011 Fort Francis Canadian Bass Championship. Now, do you think your mom was there? I could almost Was she it. in Rainy River I... by 2011? Oh, yeah, no. Never mind. No, eh? No. Damn. Yeah. Mr. Great, he probably she goes to that every he year. probably competes every year, but that was like the one year where a guy who has like a Wikipedia account <laughs> saw him there. It's like Dustin Bufflin was here this year, and yeah, for some reason it's still on there. I'll tell my mother to look for him moving forward. Oh, you won't. You can't miss him. It's hard to. Um, yeah, I, I, I all I want to say about it was I just wanted to kind of address that it has happened and voice my thought that I imagine. He'll probably be back with the team in a week and a week and a half at this point, somewhere in there. Uh, I wish him the best because he is my favorite active NHL player. Uh, I, I like him a lot, and I hope everything is good with him. Yeah, I think. Well, I think we all do. Yeah, I mean, no, you know, but you don't wish. It's not like I wish this happened to someone else or something, yeah. you know. Yeah. But yeah, top twenty. Oh, that's something top we've twenty never said before. <laughs> Yeah, so this season we're going to do top 20s. No, I'm just kidding. That would, no, that's not going to happen. The top 10 will be back next week. We do have a top 10, technically. Sure, Uh, a top 10 within the top. 20. Yeah. Mm. And then once we do the top 20 by position, we're going to rank each respective list. No. Um, Yeah, so we did our top 20 players per position. The reason being is uh, if you were away from social media this summer, first off, congratulations, show me how you managed to do that. But secondly... Uh, you missed the NHL Network deciding to do um, horrendous lists <laughs> of who they thought were the best players by position uh, in the league. league now, what the I, worst. now, what I will say was I thought about it, and I'm like, you and I don't see eye to eye on, on, on things all the time. We agree on a lot of things. We disagree on a lot of things. I thought about it, and I'm like, holy fuck, watch our lists be worse than the NHL's. Gotta tell you, man, they turned out fine. Do you- they turned out good. Should we have the NHL's list prompted? Ah, uh, yeah, I yeah. guess we should, eh? Okay. Okay, so we're going to go from the net out, because it seems to be the way that James uh, would build a team. That's how you build a team. Yeah. Yeah. So. Who's, who's the... Bennington? Won the cup of a year before. Washington. Washington. Hope he's fine. Braden Holpe. He's fine. He's fine. Didn't make our list, did he? Uh... <laughs> He did not. Uh, I can't Does he make you, the NHL's he list? He was number 10 on the NHL okay. Network's list. Well, yeah, so that's how we're going to do it. We're going to just compare our lists kind of thing. Yeah. Um, the NHL had Braden Holtby at 10. Uh, we have Devin Dubnik at 10. We do. Uh, and if you compare our lists individually, I had Devin Dubnik at 10. You had Devin Dubnik at 11. Yeah, exactly. Uh, actually, uh, the only goalie that you had on your list uh, that wasn't on mine was Jonathan Quick. Yeah. So. Yeah. That would, that would be who we... Is not going to make the cut, spoiler alert. But Jonathan Quick, uh, sorry to say you didn't make the cut. Yeah. And for, for the sake of uh, referencing it, I had Braden Holtby 15th. So. Okay. Yeah. I only Take did that. 10. So I, I, I would have put Holtby 
Uh, probably 12. Yeah. yeah. My my 11, for the record, would have been Lundquist. But he was not in your top 10, so that's why Dubnik made the... Uh, He's getting old, eh? So. Yeah, no, I, I understand I would have had to show my work had he ended yeah. up on our list. But uh, Number 9, who did the NHL have? Ooh, the NHL had... Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, we have Marc-Andre Fleury. And just to even add... <laughs> Add to the conversation here. Uh, I had Flurry at nine, and you had Flurry at eight. There you go. So the consensus is that he's a top ten goalie, but uh, yeah. Look at that. The, the network got one right. Yes. Good for them. Uh, number eight, we have Thunder Bay native Matt Murray. Who did the NHL have? Uh, reigning reigning Vesna winner? No. Sorry. No. Skipped one. Carter Hart at eight. Carter. Hart, the 20-year-old rookie that played half a year for the Philadelphia Flyers. Oh, this is the one the fans voted on. That's why. Oh, no. Uh, Ah, yeah. yeah. That's okay. That's okay. Oh, they're all like that. Oh, well, yeah, because the fan lists make more sense. Oh, fuck. Not the goalie one, but uh, most of the other ones. Well, whatever. Uh, We'll figure out who the NHL had, but yeah, no, I I had Murray at 8, and James had Murray at 9. Murray was a guy last year that I felt uh, probably should have had more, should have been more involved in the in the Vesna uh, voting. Uh, I thought this was a guy who arguably could have been nominated. Uh, Matt battled back last year when it seemed like maybe he was going through a rough patch still to start the year. Uh, he ended up with, I believe it was a 920 GAA, 919, 920, somewhere in there. Uh, he ended up having a good year and ended up being one of the main reasons that Pittsburgh made the playoffs. Obviously, Sidney Crosby had a Hart Trophy caliber season, but Matt Murray was a big contributor in the fact that they were even a relevant hockey team by the end of the year last year. So, No, for sure. I, I, there's nothing wrong... Uh... You know, it was a tough situation they found themselves in with having to pick between those two guys, and uh, there's no wrong answer. Hopefully this is the right answer. So. Did you find the NHL list? I did. You I did? did. Um, so, coming in at number... Oh, they did top 20 for the... That's uh, the Wings. That's the Wings. The top 20 Detroit Red Wings. That's mm. what they should have done. Gordy Howe. They would have put, like, Chris Chelios at number one or something. All right. So they had, uh, at number 10... This is a video. I don't want a video. I mean, if you just roll the video, we can just go one by one. It uh, should be a quick video. At, uh, you got it there? I had it there. This is why uh, This is why we need to bring John on full-time, because he's not going to say too much, and he can just kind of, you know... <laughs> I got I got some fan feedback last week, and oh, uh, yeah. one of them was just like, Johnny Boy didn't have too much to say there, eh? Every time we go to him, it'd just be like, "Hey, John, so what'd you think about this?" He'd be like, "Um, I don't know." <laughs> you seem to have a lot of opinions till right now. Yeah, the opinions seem to to go away all of a sudden. You know. Okay, so the NHL had number you ten, there, huh? John Gibson. Ugh. Uh, number nine, Frederick Anderson, and uh, number eight, where we are now, just to get us caught up, Tuka Rask. Hmm. Uh, all of which will make our list, but they're all too low on the NHL's list. Uh, number seven, we have Sergei Bobrovsky, former Vesna Trophy winner. Um, collectively, we may have him a little low. Maybe. But, but 
but neither of us are really all that high on him. I'm higher on him than you are. I think but. he's coming out of the prime, so I think this is kind of the end of the line for him. Like he's he's gonna be fine for a few years, but I think it's we're gonna see the decline. It's not a bad signing for Florida in the sense that I think Florida has a good team in front of him, so he'll be fine there. But just like he's not gonna be worth the money. Yeah, that's all. Exactly. Uh, for the record, you had Bobrovsky at seven. Uh, I had Bobrovsky at four. Uh, but he still averages out at seven based on the way everything works for us. So. NHL had Pekka Rene at seven. Not Pekka on our, not on our Rene. lists. Not on our lists. Uh, number six, we have Tuka Rask, collectively. Hmm. Uh, y- you had Rask at six, I had Rask at five. Pretty even. Tuka Rask is six. Who did the NHL have? Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. Too I high. Can, I can respect that, That's but fine. it's... it's yeah. Too damn high. Yeah. Remember that fucking I, meme? Oh, yeah. Like it's 2010 again. Yep. Uh, number five, we have Ben Bishop. I had Tuka Rask at five. You had John Gibson at five. Uh, but Bishop, you had at three, and I had at seven. He did not make the NHL's list, Ben Bishop. Did right, well, not. Well, that, well, that's wrong. Like, <laughs> like, like I, I put him at seven, and I'm a Bishop guy, but, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, they had Quick at five. Jonathan Quick, the guy who hasn't uh, made the playoffs the last three years. Yeah, definitely four years ago, for yeah. sure. For yeah. Sure. Really good goalie. Yeah. He is really good. It's oh, just he's like, good. It's there's just... no body of work to back up him yeah. still being John Quick. Yeah. You know. You can't die on that hill. No. Exactly. Yeah. He's been he's been hurt. Yeah. And, you know, like I said last week, that's how we evaluate players in today's He's fine. He's not, he's not, it's not what you want for every day. No. Uh, number four. Andre Vasilevsky is collectively who we have. Uh, I have him at six. You have him at two. Okay, so right down in the middle. Number I four. I think he's really good, but yeah. I just not that. I, I think the other the other five guys I have ahead of him are better. Hey, that's that's why lists exist. Uh, uh, the NHL had Connor Hellebuck at four. I mean, I'm down, but no, no. <laughs> I, he's he is really good, but like. Trying to figure out what happened with him last year is... Trust, oh, yeah. Trust if we're doing me, this list a year ago. I, I tried to write that article as to what I thought happened with the Jets and their goaltending last year. It was... I had to abandon it. Because hmm. I had a theory as to why Brassois had such a good year. But I couldn't really work out what happened with Hellebuck. Hmm. You know? Brassois just had a really beautiful strength of schedule. Yeah. It just played weak teams. And still made, like, 40 saves when he would play them. But, you know, how many of them were high-danger chances? Eh, not that many. It'll happen. You know, yeah. somewhere. Yeah. You know. Uh, number three, Frederick Anderson is what we collectively have. Uh, you have Anderson at four. I have Anderson at three. Seems about right, honestly. Yes. Yeah. Right all on the line. I will admit I potentially overrate him a little bit. But I watch him play every night, and I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? Yeah, how is he so good? It's, it's more about, like, the amount of work he has to put in to stay at that level. Sure. You know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, the NHL had Andre Vasilevsky at three. Fair so enough. So, kind of, yeah, that's not I'm, bad. I'm just that's glad, their first... I'm glad they didn't just put him at number one by default. Yeah. You know? That's their first kind of successful rating, so good yeah. for them. Yeah, you're reading that right. <laughs> Is that this year's list? Yep. Do you know that for sure? I do. Not last year's list? Nope. I could have swore he made it. Um, number two, we have John Gibson. I had him at number two. You had him at number five. Comes yeah. in at number two. Yeah. Okay. It's fine. I, I don't guess. have much to say. Yeah. Uh, number one, you and I the both N- agree that it's it's. Oh, sorry. I think she'll have Braden Holtby at number two for the record. Yeah. 
You, you sure this isn't a year ago? This, no, no. this seems like it would make sense a year ago. Would it? More mm. so. More so, sure. Hellebuck at four, it's but, like, yeah. Oh, no. whatever. Uh, number one, I have Carey Price, you have Carey Price. Collectively, we have Carey Price. Sergey Bobrovsky for the NHL. Carey Price is not a top ten goalie in the league. Nope. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm happy with our list. <laughs> Fine There's list. not much to say. Like, goaltending's kind of hard to evaluate, right? Like, like we're, we were looking at raw ability of the goaltender, I think. that That's all it really was. I wasn't overly obsessed with the numbers. Uh, because, you know, Pekka Rene comes in pretty good every year, but he's, you know, typically has one of the best defensive teams in the league in front of him. And, you know, then when the defense gets exposed come playoff time, uh, he is a tire fire. So. Uh, yes, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I've long been on the uh, trade Pekka Rene train, but uh, that's a conversation for another podcast. Probably next week's podcast when we do season predictions, and I'm like, the Predators should trade Pekka Rene. Uh, we're going to do defensemen next. How about defensemen? Defensemen? Okay. They're pretty good. Yeah. You got uh, you got this year's list or what? I do have this year's list. He's a winger. You want defensemen. Yeah. And I will give you defensemen. I was like, Pekka Rene is not a top, or sorry, uh, Phil Kessel is not a top 20 defenseman, I would say. Uh, collectively, for defenseman, Oliver ekman Larson comes in at 20. Uh, you had him at 16. I had him at, I don't know, let's say 24. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go beyond 20, neither did you, but I, I, that's about where I would put him. There was a few guys, um, yeah, there would have been a few guys I would have had ahead of him. That's fair, I guess. I, I, I just think he gets buried in the desert too much, and I, I think he's really, really good, but... I'm that's, a fan. That's just me. I am a fan. Uh, the NHL had Zach Wierenski at number 20. Okay. Respectable. Little, I can... little, little low, but fine. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say that, because I have Wierenski at 19. 19, we have uh, Jacob Slavin. Uh, I have Jacob Slavin at 13th. You did not rank him. Yeah. I mean, you didn't do beyond 20 anyway, but... Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of what Slavin can do. I think he's probably the most underrated player in the National Hockey League. I'm a big fan of the way he plays the game. I don't think he is, uh, I was going to say, I think he is a very, uh, like a slightly, slightly worse version of Ryan Suter, which makes sense because I have Suter at 12. (laughs) One above him. So, uh, yeah, I'm a big Slavin guy. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, Colton Pareko at 19 for the NHL Network. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, 18, we collectively had, have Matt Dumba. Uh, you had him at 15. I, I, I don't know, probably 21st. I would have, like, he just barely made, missed my list. So, okay. 22, 23, yeah. no more, no lower than 23. I think I he's was, better than Ekman Larson. That's so. probably a little high on him, but. it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Missed half the year. Yeah. Looked really good. I had him in there. fantasy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a big loss. Yeah. Big loss. Uh, his teammate Ryan Suter uh, in at 18 for the NHL Network. I can't wait to see who they have above some of these guys. All right. Uh, number 17, we have Alex Petrangelo. Uh, I had Petrangelo at 11, and in our biggest disagreement, I think, in all of the lists, uh, you did not rank him. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would have had him behind another St. Louis defenseman. Um I think the argument's there. I, I don't agree, but I came around on Pareko quite a bit this year because going into the year, I liked him, but I thought he was, like, no better than a second-pairing defenseman on any team in the league. Mm. And now I would say he is a 
number one defenseman just on a team that has two of them. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think uh, I think a couple years ago, if you asked me, Petrangelo is definitely on this list. But yeah, he had a bit of a down year last year because of the injury. I I, I will say that, but uh, I thought he got back to form. I, I distinctly remember there was a podcast where I said he does not look good. Uh, and as the season went on, he seemed to settle in quite a bit. And when I watched them, he looked like Alex Petrangelo still. So, Miro Heiskanen for the Angel Network at seventeen. Not uh, not too sure on that one. I'm good for that. He'll be great. He'll be great. He's just not oh, yeah. there yet. Yeah. Oh, he will be on this list one day. It's just that we're talking about you know we're not talking about uh, who would I what order would you take them in in fantasy hockey. Because, sure, in a keeper league, yeah, Heiskanen's like number six. Nobody's, <laughs> nobody's asking what you were eating at McDonald's ten years ago. No, you know, it's... no. McPizza. Uh, <laughs> Miro Heiskanen is the McPizza. No, he wouldn't be. He'd be the, what What are they going to have in two years? They'll bring the McRib back. Number 16, we have collectively uh, Zach Wierenski. Uh You had him at 17. I had him at 19. But because we disagreed, uh, he is the first consensus defenseman that we've come to on the list oh fantastic we're finally hitting stride together yeah we're getting we're getting, we're getting together here i go think team go team laced yeah uh sure what tory krug for the NHL network at 16 who i like yeah i just don't know if he's you know a top 16 defenseman again yeah. good fantasy defenseman yeah he puts up the i don't know like these people just compare who like their fantasy drafts and shit like that. He had he's good for fantasy leagues. points. And he did like he's fine. Yeah, like thirty of but... them were on the power play. He's an awesome fucking power play player. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. I'm not. I'm not like mad about that. No, one. it's just kind of. I don't. Yeah. I just. I like other defensemen better. Yeah. Fifteen. We collectively have John Klingberg. I had him at fifteen. You had him at eighteen. Okay. So I got my way. There you go. <laughs> Do it your way. Well, I averaged it out. It's the way this all works out, yeah. you know. But Jacob uh, Truba, the new uh, go-to guy in New York, uh, in at 15 for the network. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for what it's worth, I had Truba at 16. You did not rank him. Yeah. So he just aver- didn't average out because uh, I had two defensemen above Truba that you didn't have. So that's kind of how I that see. all worked out. So Truba was 15? Yeah. 14, we have Colton Pareko. Collectively, you had him at 14. I am at 17. Nice. I got my way. You did. Nice. You did. Charlie if McAvoy. I had my way. <clears throat> uh, apparently, uh, better defenseman than uh, Troy Krug. We had the conversation at work today. Who would you rather have, Charlie McAvoy or Zach Wierenski? And I, I, I think I'd rather have McAvoy, but I won't sit here and say McAvoy's better than Wierenski. Not at this point. Yeah. He probably will be. I think we're. I think McAvoy's going to be a top five defenseman in the league one day. Yeah, I mean, if you're asking me who I want today on my team, I'm probably taking McAvoy. He's yeah. seven years younger. He's got a lot more upside. <laughs> but, isn't he? Isn't he? Isn't he like a year younger? Wierenski's 21. Yeah, Krug is 28. Oh, I thought you meant uh, well, over Wierenski. No, I'm like, no, no. he is not seven years younger than Wierenski. Otherwise, he would I not see. be on the list. I see your Good question sir. now. Yes, I got you. Yeah, Wierenski or Krug. Who would you... Or Wierenski, Wierenski or McAvoy? I'd, I'd take Wierenski. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that was 14. That's who they had. All right, good for good for Charlie Mack. Yeah, I don't know. Charlie Mack would come in like... He makes the top 30 for me. I just, you know... Yeah. Yeah. 13, we have Roman Yossi. You have him at 12. I have him at 14. It's fine. Really good offensive defenseman. Sturdy. Not 
very good defensive defenseman, but he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. Yeah. He's, uh, he's a lot worse than who the NHL Network had at 13, which is P.K. Subban at 13. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, yeah. Sure. Fine. Whatever. Fucking Not fine, but we really? can move on. Yeah, whatever. Uh, number 12 comes in. We got Dustin Bufflin. Big buff. Uh, I had him at 18. He's my favorite player in the league. Uh, you had him at 7, so you clearly like Dustin Bufflin as Big well. Big fan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love him. As far as defensemen go, it's, yeah. he's does it all so i i think i'm prepared for buff to take a very slight step back once he comes back this year um because i he didn't really take a step back last year he just he only played half the year but sure. when he was there he was fantastic fucking unreal yeah um i am prepared for more of a 40 point dustin bufflin this year that's gonna happen maybe is a little bit slower it's going to happen one it's year. It's, you can't tell me this guy is going to continue throwing people over the glass into the second fucking level when he's like 45. Can he? 60. <laughs> <laughs> you see Yarmir Yager's ass when he was 45? I, don't, I think Buff has got some, some time on his side, but we'll, we'll see. It will come, as does all things. I'm picturing a healthy Dustin Bufflin like, taking Robbie Fabry and throwing him at the St. Louis bench next year in the playoffs or something. Poor Robbie Fabry. <laughs> of all the guys that would you be the guy. <laughs> I could have picked Sammy Blay. I could have gone Robert you Thomas. You could have picked a different team. <laughs> 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 Who came in at 12 for the NHL? John Klingberg. Okay. A little high, but... A little high. It's fine. Not by much. No. It's fine. No. Uh, number 11, we collectively have Ryan Suter. I had him at 12, you had him at 11. We agree on Ryan nice. Suter pretty much. Nice, Ryan. I like Ryan Suter. Big minute eater type of guy. Who was 11 for the NHL? Uh, Alex Petrangelo. Oh, nice. That's mm-hmm. who I had at 11. I see eye to eye. Number 10, you had Drew Doughty. I have Drew Doughty. So... We have Drew Doughty. Drew Doughty. Yeah. Nice. Good. You're, you're not even following along. I, this is all like a surprise to you at this point. <laughs> I like that. It's hard to go back yeah, and it's forth kinda this cool. quick. Yeah, it's kind of cool. No, fuck it. Why would you need to follow around? I'm, uh, I'm doing a fine job. Christopher Latang of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Too low. I think he's a top 10 defenseman. For sure. So they got that right, I guess. Yeah, that's fine, just I guess. Barely. <laughs> Let's see. We've got to have pretty much the same 10 defensemen. They, no, because Subban was outside their top 10. Oh, dear God. Yeah, it's not going to get pretty. Okay. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Collectively, we have John Carlson at 9. Okay. Uh, I had him at 6. You have him at uh, 13. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I thought I would put him kind of low at six, honestly. Really? Like there was, well, there was one person I put ahead of him. I think you could make the case isn't as good as him, uh, and we will get there. But. I think he's really, really good. I just don't think he's in that tier, that that top tier. You know what okay. I mean? That's all. Uh, Drew That's fine. Doughty for the uh, NHL Network, which okay. is only one. It's pretty much where we have us. Uh, number eight, I have Seth Jones. Uh, you have Mark Giordano. Uh, wait, did I skip one? No, we're, we're at eight, right? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah? yeah, my uncle's Tony Robbins, motivational speaker. Yeah, nice. nice. Uh, number eight, we have Seth Jones. I had Jones at eight. You had Jones at sixth. Okay. Fair enough. Roman Yossi, uh, number eight. Good for Roman Yossi. NHL Network. More like Roman Yossi, if you think about it. Yeah. He's always Roman? roaming around the fucking defensive zone. Uh, number seven, we have Chris Letang. I had him at nine. Do I even agree with that still? You had him at five. Hmm. Yeah, he's really good. He's really good. Really good. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Yeah. I'm a big Letang guy. 
Uh, Morgan Riley. Okay. 72 point Morgan Riley. Okay. That's, yeah, I guess. Well, I you'll guess. be you'll be interested to learn at six we have Morgan Riley. <laughs> I had Riley at seven, you had Riley at four. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think this is a Vesna guy that's we're going to be watching next season. Norris. Yeah, Norris. I'd be fine what if... What sport do we talk about? I'd be fine if Riley wants to win the Vesna. <laughs> if some Leaf wants to win the Vesna Look, the at Leafs any point, I don't give a fuck who it is. In their 104 seasons have more Vesnas than they do Norrises. Because we we've some, never won a Norris. If we somehow end up with Jonathan Bernier back this year, but he wins the Vesna, like, I'm not going to complain. I'm fine. How did we end up with Bernier again would be more how I'd, what I'd want to know, but... How has an original six team never won a Norris? I can't fathom that. Yeah, well, I mean, if you think about it, Jake Muzzin's like the sixth best defenseman in franchise history, so... <laughs> Tyson Berry's already at number three. Uh, number five, we have Mark Giordano. Wait, who did the NHL have at six? Uh, John Carlson. John Carlson. Uh, number five, we have Mark Giordano. Uh, I had Giordano at two. You have Giordano at eight. Ooh, nice. Geo guy. Honest, I almost put him at one. Ooh. <laughs> um, yeah. Geo. Uh, yeah, he's... Yeah. It's just I'm a little nervous that eventually... Eh, the body's gonna break down. We're like, people are gonna be listening to this in like three months and he's gonna be like minus 12 and fucking like in the press box or something, you know? But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Big, big Geo guy. I think we split the difference finally, at five. I'm fine with that. Finally got his Vesna this year. Finally got his Vesna. Yeah. Uh, Seth Jones for the NHL. Good for Seth Jones. I'm on, Honestly, if people want to overrate Seth Jones, I, he's the one guy I'll allow it to happen. If they put him at one, I'd be like, sure. Okay. Fair enough. Who else is number one? Like, the defenseman was really tough. We didn't even really talk about this. The defenseman, I think, was the tough one. Because I went and I started every list, and I was able to, like, decide in my brain who I thought the top three or four at every position was, like, right away. For the defenseman, I sat there, I didn't know who to put at number one. And even when I tell you who I put at number one, uh, which is actually our next guy, I could understand why someone wouldn't agree with the take. Sure. Uh you being one of the people who will not agree with the take. Oh. Our number four defenseman is Eric Carlson, who I think is the best defenseman in the NHL. You have him at nine. Uh, I do think that your argument can be made, but I would make the other argument is all. The NHL has him at four as well, so we're we're right on oh. par with them. This is actually not as bad as I remember it for some reason. No, but... the, the, the fucking... The fucking wingers and the... The centermen are an interesting okay. one for the NHL. Yeah, the goalies wasn't great. The goalie, I mean, I could have okay. sworn they had Bennington on there, man. I yeah. think we read last year's. I think you're right. <laughs> as soon as you said Bennington, they had Bennington yeah. at eight. I remember talking about that yeah. with someone because no. they put Bennington on the list, but Anderson didn't make it. I'm pretty sure. I'll, I'll make a note of uh, sharing the actual top tw- uh, twenty goalies uh, for the NHL Network on our Twitter account, so okay. people can get caught up. Okay. Uh, number three. We have P.K. Subban. I had him at five, you have him at three. Again, he's another one I think you can make an argument that perhaps his best days are behind him. I do not agree. I don't think so. At all. No. Um, Yeah, he had one bad year. Yeah. Probably should have won the Norris year before that, man. He's already got one. Yeah. One? Two? No, one. One? He should have won last year, though, I think. And he didn't. He's got one Norris, he's got one Vesna. Okay. (laughs) Uh... Well, he does have a Vesna. He won fucking Pekka a Vesna. <laughs> True. <laughs> fucking Jesus. bullshit. Fucking bullshit, man. Uh, Last year, too? 
That's what I'm saying. It, it, it wasn't fucking Pekka Rene. He had the height of... He had, he had, the guy I would say, at the time, was the best defenseman in the NHL. Yeah. I would have said a yeah. year ago it was no, P.K. Right. Subban. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, Mark Giordano for the NHL, number three. Fair enough. Yeah. Good for them. Number two, we have Victor Hedman. Uh, you had him at two, I had him at four. It's Victor Hedman. Number two, Victor Hedman. I feel like we're going to need to talk less as these lists go on because these players just talk for themselves. They do. You know? You get it. Yeah. Collectively, we have Brent Burns at number one. You had him at one, I had him at three. He was the only player that we could come to a consensus was like a top three defenseman in the NHL. Yeah. So that, that's how he ends up at number one. Well, you know what? I think that just speaks to the amount of talent that is in the league at the moment. It, it seems. I think so, too. It, do, it does seem to shift every year. Like, you know, one year we're talking about Judati. The next year we're talking about Carlson. Now, now we're back to Subban. No, no, yeah. Now this year it's Burns. Well, and, yeah, I, I would agree. Like, I, I think I think for me it went, Doughty was undisputed best defenseman in the league to me for about four or five years. Hmm. And then about three years ago, I would say it was Carlson. And then it went to Subban. And and now I would say it's Carlson again, but you would say it's Brent Burns. And you can make the argument like Brent Burns, Giordano, Hedman, like they're in the conversation. Yeah, like you're, we're not talking about a guy that's head and shoulders better than anybody else. Right. You know we can't sit. Yeah. Here. There's no, no. That's true. Like spoiler alert, but there's no Connor McDavid on defense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like no one's sitting here saying that. Well, this is the guy. And I mean, like we we talk about our list right now. Like there's a good chance in a year. Miro Heiskanen's a top 10 defenseman. Sure. There's a really good chance, and, you know, this is a hot take, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, but there's a good chance in a year Rasmus Dahlin is in that top three. Yeah. Like, he, he's going to be talent. really good. It's yeah. just a matter of when does it all click. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of these defensemen, it wasn't right away. Like, Carlson wasn't the best defenseman in the league after his first year. Brent Burns first, took a while. First, well, exactly. In first few years for Carlson, you made the argument last week in the podcast. I would have made the same argument until a few years ago. Horrendous defensive defenseman. He made strides. He's a lot better now. But there was a time where Carlson, like, you almost couldn't even call him a defenseman. He was just a fourth fucking forward out there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, you're right. It shifts, and it's part of the NHL right now. And defenseman's a funny position because it's not one of those positions you can come into and immediately be like change the game immediately as like a 20-year-old defenseman. Like it takes you a little bit of time to get there and it speaks to the fact that Wierenski's on here. The fact the NHL had McAvoy and Heiskanen on here. You know, it speaks to how good those guys are going to be, you know. And in a few years if we're still doing this fucking podcast, the top the top 20 is going to look a lot more interesting of guys that were in the league today. But we didn't. They didn't make the cut for us. Fair enough. No. Yeah. Uh, wingers. Yeah. Think about wingers. We'll do some wingers. Number twenty on our winger list. Now the winger one. The winger. This is where it was kind of interesting to make ours. I would have been interested for us to do top thirty and sort of see where we put them, just for our sake, not for the podcast. But it would have been interesting to see because number twenty. The way I did this for you people at home is uh, the players that didn't make the cut from each of our list. We had 16 unanimous, so the top two from each of our lists ah. make it. And I kind of, I think I just randomized the order, uh, or maybe it was like based on where we had them. I don't know. I don't remember what exactly what I did, but uh, number 20 for us is Jeff Skinner. James had Skinner at uh, 16. I, I, top 30 for me. Okay. Maybe 25. Okay, it's fine. I like him. Yeah. 
I think he's slightly overrated. Sure. Slightly. Sure. It's fine. Wrong with that? Yeah. Uh, NHL had Phil Kessel at 20. <laughs> Phil's a Jets fan. Yeah, we'll get to Phil Kessel in a bit. Don't worry. He's, uh, <laughs> he, we didn't fucking leave him off. Don't don't worry about that. Collectively, Matthew Kachuk at 19. Hmm. I had Matt Kachuk at 17. You did not have Matt Kachuk. Yeah. yeah. That's fine. He'll be there eventually. Yeah. I just, yeah. I, a little early for me. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't think he'd ever become a top 20 winger in the league. I didn't really think he'd ever end up being anything great. I thought he'd be a second line winger. Uh, he's awesome. Yeah, I'm he's a big good, fan. Eh? Yeah, I had him fantasy I'm, last year. I'm a big fan. Might keep him. Yeah. That, and that'd be a fine decision. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be wrong call, man. Speaking of Jets fans, uh, Patrick Line at number 19. Winnipeg Jets, Patrick good, Line. Good for him. Doesn't have a contract, but he's a top 20 winger. Where would you put Line? It's tough. Say you had to do top uh, 30, 40, where would you I put Did I have him on my top 20? No. 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 Um, <laughs> no. I don't know. That is really a tough. Like, late 20s. See, the funny thing with Line is, like, his goal scoring went down last year. But every other part of his game got better. So he's a more complete player, but now it's like... Did they break him? I, is he broken? <laughs> I've, I've always found it to be a weird argument when we talk about, like, what a good player is. Because, like, you can make the yeah, argument well, that exactly. a good player is oh, Someone good who scores around. 45 goals, yeah, too, or, and doesn't do anything else. Yeah, like Ovechkin, his first few years in the league. Yeah, he doesn't play defense. Yeah, but he scores 60 goals a right. fucking season. So what do you right. give a shit, right? Exactly. So Lonnie is kind of in that same category where it's like, yeah, you know, he didn't play defense his rookie season. It's like, yeah, he's 20. Or he was, like, oh, he was 18. Never mind, twenty. He was he was eighteen years old, and he finished third in the league in goals. Like, what more do you want from the kid? Yeah, right. So, well, uh, a very good argument, and we're going to get to him in a bit. Phil Castle, sure, same thing, man. Yeah, he really doesn't do much other than create offense. Sometimes, but you're in a have... league where scoring is maybe going up, maybe that's important. Yeah, and I mean, like, you're going to have your one-dimensional players. It's just, if they do that one dimension better than anybody else, then... What's the difference? Yeah. Yeah. So. No, I agree with you. Yeah, I don't know. Line, line is top 30 to me, still. Late 20s. I think. Yeah. Yeah, top 30. Number 18, collectively, we have Jamie Benn. You have him at 15. I don't, I don't know. I don't know where I would have put him. But he's 18. Okay. <laughs> 18 for us. I'm a, I'm a, big, I'm a big fan. Yeah. I just, I, I, think, I, think he, I think he might be washed. I'm not going to lie. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm a little worried. Interesting. I'm a little worried. I like the guy a lot, though. Big, big bounce, big bounce back season with Pavelski this year. I'd be down. Okay, I'd be down. Good. You think he's going to play with Pavelski? I think so. I don't know. I I, I can see Pavelski slotting in that second line wing, or second line center. You got. You think he plays center? Eh? Yeah, Ben on the wing. I mean, it's not like they. What I, I think Ben. Yeah, I think you can afford to split up Ben and Sagan. Now. Yeah. And you can put Radulov and whoever on Sagan's wing. Exactly. And then put. My favorite second line in the league uh, is going to be Ben, Hints, and Pavelski. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Rupe! Rupe! Uh, speaking of which, number you 17, could... Rupe Hint. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you, 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 could, you could fucking toss Quirk Perry up there with Sagan. Oh, fuck, bud. I you forgot about that guy. You, you could. Sagan, Radulov, and Perry. Same kind of player as Ben, so you get that familiarity factor of Sagan. You know, it's, you're going to go to the net. Fuck, Dallas is going to win yeah. 180 games this year. Uh, Gabriel Landeskog for the uh, NHL Network at 18. At 18? Who yeah. was 19, sorry? Uh, Patrick Line. Right, okay, yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, it is late. Number 17, I uh, we collectively have Jonathan Huberdeau. You did not have him. I am at 15. 
I it was a very late cut for me. Uh, I really wanted to keep him on my list. I just couldn't find the room for him. Fair enough. But, uh, uh, Matthew Kachuk at the NHL oh, seventeen. Cool. Good for them. That's where I had him. Maybe maybe I should work for NHL Network. Mm, Who knows? Maybe you should. I'm Brute Spataglia. NHL Network. At number 16, we collectively have Vladimir Tarasenko. I had him at 18, you had him at 13. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Russian machine score goal, you know? Yep. Uh, uh, Jonathan Huberdeau <laughs> for the NHL no, at 16. Don't have much else to say. Nah, it's, uh, All right, this is where we start... Uh, wavering? There's a little of a discrepancy, but like we, we can agree on all these guys. Oh, anyway. good, good. Number 15, we collectively have Miko Rantanen. Uh, you had him at 19, I have him at 8. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Big fan. Big gap. I think he's awesome. Yeah. Not that you don't think he's awesome. Uh, he's, he's fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Taylor Hall for the NHL Network at 15. Okay. Former oh, yeah. MVP Taylor Hall. I want to, uh, I mean, hopefully people haven't stopped listening. I wanted to mention the other defensemen that didn't make the cut from our lists. Because we had to omit players, you know what I mean? Because we didn't agree on everyone. Oh. I had Jacob Truba at 16. He did not make our list at all. Uh, I also had Shea Theodore at 20. Hmm. He did not make our list at all. You had... Final two did not make the list. You had Shea Weber at 19 and Tyson Berry at 20. Okay. For the wingers uh, that do not make... Well, I think... What did we have to cut? Two each? Two each? I think so. Is that what it is? That math adds up. Oh, yeah. Two each. Um, I had uh, Alexander Radulov at 20. And Jake Gensel at 19. Yeah, that one stumped me. I, yeah, that's fine. I didn't... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. Awesome. You had Brendan Gallagher at 20 and Debrinkat at 17. Debrinkat stumped me, but I... You can make the case of Gallagher, for sure. Hmm. Gallagher took... Yeah. I don't... He proved me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll, give I'll, I'll give him that. Last yeah. year, like, I was like, Jesus, this guy is legitimately doing good. Like, it's not just like he's scoring. Like, he was creating a fuck ton of offense. Uh, he was awesome last year. Mm-hmm. Good good for Brennan Gallagher. Good for Habs fans. True. Honestly, because he'd be a frustrating guy to have as like a 40-point guy, and that's all he does, because he's also going to the box sometimes, and like, you know what I mean? Like, he's, yeah. he's come around to be a really solid winger now. He, he's, he's your Brad Marchand light. Sure. He's no, not... Like, fuck, he might get there. He's How not, many years was Brad Marchand? Brad Marchand yeah. light, and now he is a superstar. He's not that over the edge. He's not as high a producing guy. He's right. Just, yeah, just right. Brad Marchand light. Okay. Uh, Rantanen at 15 is what we had. The NHL head who, sorry? Taylor Hall. MVP. Okay. Good Hall. God, right. That's why these lists were bad. <laughs> Number 14, we collectively have Phil Kessel. Phil's Phil. a Jets fan. I had him at 16. You had him at 10. Nice. Phil. Love him. Big fan. Miss him a lot. Oh, yeah. Miss him a lot. Could you imagine? <laughs> Good God. Man. Uh, Could you? Uh, like, this This is... It's got nothing to do with John Tavares. But I'm just saying. Could you imagine Mitch Marner? <laughs> Fuck, can you imagine Tyson Berry to Phil Kessel? <laughs> Streaking up the wing. Phil's a Jets fan. Uh, it, was, it was fucking... Jake Gardner to Phil Kessel, which is great. But if he wasn't on the ice, it was Dion Phaneuf to Phil Kessel. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> That's how time works. NHL had Vladimir Tarasenko at 14. Good, uh, fair enough. Close enough. Uh, we have Johnny Goudreau at 13. 
you had Johnny Goudreau at 14. I had Johnny Goudreau at 11. Okay. Getting pretty close. We're getting there. So I feel like Flames fans will be happy with some of, like, you know, I mean, Giordano got a pretty good nod. Yeah. You know, um, I had Kachuk. Yeah. Uh, I feel like they probably won't be as happy with Johnny Goudreau at, at 13. But Yeah, they'll have to deal with it. I don't know what to tell them. <laughs> You're talking about a team that's got a few question marks in net, so just take what you can get at this yeah. point and count your blessings. Uh, yeah. the NHL if you its... guys don't take a major fucking step back this year, be super happy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, grow up. Um, it's a good team, though. With its first major injustice of uh, our rankings, the NHL has Mark Stone at 13. So, I don't know. Yeah. I would say the Hall and, and Stone is about equally insane to Sure. Me. I yeah, guess you, you, you could talk me into that. Fair. Don't be too upset, Flames fans, because my sweet boy Mitch got disrespected on this one. Mitch is uh, 12. Mitch Marner, 12. Uh, James had him at 18. I had him at 7. Nah, it's, I'm not really going to argue with you too much okay. there. That's fine. Fine. It's okay. It's John Tavares' result, but, you know. It's, Claude, always, Claude, it's over now. We're allowed to love him again. Yeah. Claude, Claude Giroux at 12 for the NHL. Okay. That's fine. Actually, okay. number eleven, David Pasternak. I had him at twelve. He had him at eleven. Nice. Yeah, we're getting closer. Yeah, he's good. Uh, and she'll have Blake Wheeler. My problem. Okay. I can my, it. my problem with David Pasternak is I can't really talk about how good he is because I don't watch the Boston Bruins because I fucking hate them. Uh, so I have to hear about how good he is and look at his stats. I don't think I ever watch him play hockey. What are you talking about? You watch him seven times a year. I don't watch April. him though. <laughs> I I don't watch him. I'm watching my team fuck up. All I see is a Bruins player steal the puck from my team and score. I don't know who it is. I black out. I can't see their faces and everything. All I can see is our guys. Rage. That's all you see. Yeah. Top 10. Uh, sorry, who'd they have, have at 11? NHL? Wheeler. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, number 10, uh, we collectively have Claude Giroux. I had Giroux at 14. You had him at 9. Claude yeah. Giroux. That's okay. Mm-hmm. It's all right. Uh, David Pasternak for the NHL. Okay. So. Close one, enough. One off. We're, yeah, we're in the top ten, top ten, top ten. Collectively, we have Blake Wheeler at nine. I. You had Wheeler at five. I had Wheeler at thirteen. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think he's unreal. I do. He's led the NHL forwards and assists I over the last two years. I haven't like that. Like quite. I haven't worked out. Again, I wrote about the Jets, and like they are a very puzzling team to try to evaluate from last year. I haven't quite figured out why that top line was able to score, but never out-chance the other team while they were on the ice, which is kind of weird. Okay. Because they got a ton of chances, but, like, how are they so bad defensively when you have three good defensive forwards on the line? Yeah. Like, it was... That's a weird line to no, try and is. figure out. So You're not wrong. I'm... I'm wondering a little about Blake Wheeler. I think I probably put him too low, but it's fine. Because hmm. I, 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 I can't make the case to put him above the other 12 guys that I had. That's, That's all fair. it is. Yeah. Uh, Miko Rantanen at 9 for the NHL. Yeah, it's more so where I would have had him. I had him at 8. You're sure. not a big Rantanen guy. No, I'm not. Not yet. He's, he'll get there. Uh, number 8, we collectively have Leon Dreisaitl. Leon with the C on. With the blue and orange on. Mm. I had Leon at 10. You had him at 8. Okay. Yeah. Pretty I close. would have had him at 8, but uh, those other two games he played center. I see. Uh, um... <laughs> Or Timmy Panarin for the NHL at eight. Okay, the Breadman. Ah, uh, yes, the Breadman. He will. He will come up at some point. Imagine we didn't have Artemi Panarin on our list. 
Oh, you um, mean the highest paid winger in the league? Yeah. Collectively, we have the uh, soon-to-be highest paid winger in the league. Uh, number seven was Taylor Hall. You had Hall at 12. I have Hall at 5. Okay. He's in the middle somewhere, I think. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah. I think we have him where he should be. Probably. Set like he is not worse than Dreisaitl. He's better than Dreisaitl. <laughs> He's not as good... But Oilers fans love hearing yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. I forgot he played for the Oilers. Like, I forget about that. Because <laughs> I've just written off the, the... I've written off the recent history of that team so much. The last seven years in Edmonton, I don't remember them. I, I'm trying not to remember them because this is a team. Well, good for you. This is a team I grew up as like my second team was the Oilers, man. You know, like just fucking. I watch Ryan Smith play hockey almost every fucking night. No, you're making some great points. Like just a, a quick, I don't want to remember this. A, a quick aside. Uh, I was fucking around with NHL 20 and the alumni stuff, and I could not bring myself to put Taylor Hall on the Oilers roster. So oh, that fuck. should tell you all you need to know about. Yeah, that. that's yeah. Because he doesn't deserve it. <sighs> he deserves better. He does. Same with Everly. Yeah. Everly, no. You didn't ever never played there. Yeah. Your your new NHL career exactly. starts today. No. You're an island. Even even Nuge feels weird to yeah. <laughs> hang on to. Yeah. Fuck. Because you know they're going to fuck that up yeah. somehow still. Now that he's getting to be real good, they're going to fuck that up. Speaking of things the uh, Edmonton Oilers uh, fans probably hate, uh, Johnny Gaudreau at 7 for the NHL. <laughs> so. yeah, that was a good segue. Thank you. You should have done the ad this week. Ah. We're not where we didn't. It's too late now. Nah. Number six, we have Artemi Panarin. Oh yeah, uh, you had him at <laughs> you had him at seven. I had him at nine. Okay, it's funny how, how we how we, we don't agree because well, just by the law of averages, man. All right, it's just the way it works. Take out. word for it. Yeah. Um. So Leon Dreisaitl for the uh, Oilers on the or NHL uh, network there, so they can okay. know, calm down now if, at home. Flames fans aren't going to like that. Mm. Actually, this is funnier, too, if you're talking about the averages. We have Brad Marchand at 5. Uh, I had him at 6. You had him at 6. Because <laughs> right. we each have someone, you know what I mean, in, yeah. in the top. Yeah. Fair enough. Mitch Marner uh, for the NHL at 5. Yeah. Yeah, must have been uh, must have been a Bruins fan. Yeah. Duh. Number 4, we collectively have Patrick Kane. Mm, Showtime. Kaner. Showtime. You had him at 3. I had him at 3. Beauty. Again, this is just funny the way that this kind of works out. It's because we each have someone way higher than the other, so the averages work out kind of funny. I'll take your word for it. I didn't do mm-hmm. them. So. Yeah. Uh, Brad Marchand at four for the NHL. Fair. Hmm. That's fine. It's because okay. we have someone in our list that they had incredibly low uh, where that person should not have been. Number three, we have Mark Stone. I had him at four. You have him at one. Yep. Best ring in the league. The, the numbers support it. Yeah. It's just, you know, he's not a sexy pick. Sure. I'm not a sexy guy. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully your girlfriend's listening to this. Uh, Alex Ovechkin at three for the NHL. Okay. Huh? What? Yeah. Okay. Uh, what? <laughs> you know, the guy with 19,000 Rocket Richard trophies? Yeah. What? Number three. Um, okay. Number two, we have Nikita Kucherov. Uh, you had him at four. I had him at... I had him at one. Interesting. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I feel that way anymore, but that's fine. Uh, I had him at one. Okay. So whatever, he's yeah. two. But it would have the averages would have worked out this way anyway, because the guy that I have at, or we collectively have at one, is who I would actually put at one now that I think about it. Patty Kane at number two for the NHL. We both had Alexander Ovechkin at two. Uh, we collectively have him at one. Okay. NHL's got good trap at one if you can't couldn't figure that out at home for yourself. Number one, (laughs) 
Nikolai Ehlers of the Winnipeg Jets. Wow, that's a fucking... That's a Dark bold... Horse. I mean, I'm down, but uh, the bold choice. Yeah. I haven't seen a horse that dark since Nickelback. Okay. Centerman list. What do you say we do the centerman and then we'll uh, we'll get the fuck out of here? Let's do that. All right. Uh, number 10, we are... Sorry. <laughs> just doing the top 10. Number 20... We collectively have Anje Kopitar, captain... Captain? Ah. Oh, yeah. He's captain of the Los Deputy Angeles Kings. Sometimes I think it's Doughty. This is his last good year. Okay. I, he won't be on this list I think again. I think he is... He is... I mean, he... Kopitar has the style that he's still going to play for quite a while. Oh, yeah. But, like... At an elite level, maybe not. I think he's passed already. We're, we're getting like Joe Thornton territory, where it's like, yeah, I really like Joe yeah. Thornton. I think he's really good, but yeah. he's just not there anymore. Yeah. So Joe Thornton played better games into his thirties than I think Kopitar is going to have. I think he'll fade a little quicker. Be close, but but, but yeah, I think he'll play a lot more, similar guys, a lot more yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Elias Peterson for the Vancouver Canucks. Oh, at number... I, I sorry, I should add uh, Elias Peterson's at twenty. You said. Yeah, the NHL. NHL. Yeah. Uh, you had Kopitar at 12. I did not have him. Um, hmm. I assume he would crack my top 30. I hope. I, uh, probably. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number 19, we collectively have Sean Monaghan. I had Monaghan at 14. You did not have him. Yeah, the NHL had Sean Monaghan at 19, so look at that. We're all getting along. Huh. Hmm. Maybe, I, maybe I manipulated some lists or something. Interesting. I'm a big fan. Okay. It's fine. How many uh, how many samesies did we have for the centers? Samesies, eighteen. Holy shit! I think we only we're not bad at this. We only had two uncommons. Okay. I had Logan Couture at eighteen. It doesn't look like you had him. And you have Sean Couturier at sixteen. I didn't have him. Okay. There's your differences. I can I can live with those. There's your differences. Well, no, there must have been more than that because I didn't have Kopitar. Uh, you have Kopitar at 12. So there's someone I have that you don't have. Uh, huh. Well, I guess we'll find out. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I... Did you find it? Nope, I didn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, Nope. Oh, Monaghan. <laughs> That's the other one. Nah. You didn't have Monaghan. Nah. We already said that. Yeah, it's it's one thirty in the morning. Number 18, we collectively have Elias Patterson. Okay. I had him at 20. You have him at 17. Okay. There's really nothing to be said there. The guys a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas Backstrom for the NHL at 18. Love the guy. Don't get me wrong. But don't. Oh, he didn't make either of our lists. Don't know if he's a top 20 centerman anymore. For what it's worth, Backstrom was my 21st. He he got the cut. Okay. I initially had cut Taves, and then I'm like, you know what? No. That's a six, no. six straight years with 70 points for him. Yeah. He's really good. Oh, he is really just, good. Just on that fringe. He is, he is really... Honestly, he's probably better than Pedersen, but, like, Pedersen was so... Dynamic. Like, crazy to watch last year. Yeah. It was like, you know, fuck it. Yeah. I'm gonna put him on sure. my list. I like him. The new and the, the fresh beats out the old and the dusty. Yeah, it's weird to think that I didn't... <laughs> nice. It's weird to think that there was a time I hated the Canucks as much as I did, and now I just love these young fucking guys. Man. Ah, I like I like the kids I got. It's great. Number 17, we collectively have Tyler Sagan. I had him at 15. You had him at 18. Cool. Sager. Couture for the uh, Sharks. New Capitan. No, number 17 for the NHL. Okay. Yeah. Well, I had him at 18, so I agree. Okay. 16, we collectively have uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov. You had him at 15. I had him at 17. Uh, don't do it. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> 
Ah, he's at 16 for the NHL. <laughs> Boy, you really hit it on the nose with that one. <laughs> if you want to get down. <laughs> oh, man. Number 15. Number 15. We have Braden Point. Collectively. I had Braden Point at 12. You had him at 19. Bold of us to put a guy with no contract on the lists. Not an NHL player. Doesn't make him a bat. Yeah. <laughs> it's an outside hire, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where is This is the best Lafreniere list in the world. Yeah, it's got yeah. nothing to do with the NHL. Yeah. Uh, number 14, Pavel Datsu. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pavel yeah. Datsu. Yeah, Marion Hossa. As a center? If he was still playing. Oh, yeah, well, I guess. Yeah. Henrik Zetterberg, number 9. Yeah. Uh, Jackie Eichel for uh, number 15 for the NHL Network. Okay. Well, you'll be interested to know uh, Jack Eichel comes in at 14 for us. We, You had him at 14, I had him at 16. So we agree with the NHL pretty much. Oh, that's good for We're us, pretty much there. That's fine. He's, he's fine. I, I, I think he's going to take steps forward. You'd have to hope. But I'm just basing on what he has done. Okay. He's he's, he's 16 to me and 14 to you. Play one full season, but yeah. yeah. Um, Here goes that again. What, what Was that 14 for us? Yes. Oh, uh, Sebastian Ajo for the NHL. No. Oh. Well, you'll be interested to know. <laughs> uh, we have Sebastian Aho at 13. I had Sebastian Aho at 10. You had him at 20. Yeah. So, you know, half of <laughs> 10 and 20 in the middle of 10 uh, and 20 13. is 13. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the number that comes that's in the middle. Works. So, uh, Evgeny Malkin, who does not like Phil Kessel, at uh, 13 for the NHL. Hmm. Okay. That's, uh, at least that's, he, so, at least he's higher than Phil Kessel. That's, that's where I put him. Uh, number 12, we have Jonathan Taves. Uh, I had Taves at 19. You had him at 9. Career year You know, the middle year. of yeah. 9 and 19, 12. Yeah. Career year last year. Kind of surprising. Yeah, it's weird to think it about. It is really weird. Jonathan Taves is the best he's ever been. Thanks, weird. Jeremy weird. Colton. Weird. Colton. But, his, like, but like Colton. Colton. But like six years ago, we would have put him at like number one on the list, even though he like, yeah. had like 70 points that yeah. year. Like, it's like, you know. I had 58 points, and I'm the best player in the league. Oh, okay. Brian O'Reilly for the uh, NHL at 12. Well, you'll be happy to know. <laughs> Maybe this was a pretty good list. Maybe the NHL's got it right, you know? Make it's They're a pretty, close. Make it some pretty good fucking points. They're close. Number 11, uh, we have Ryan O'Reilly. I had him at 11. You had him at 13. Okay. You know, half of 11 at 13, 11? Ah, hmm. <laughs> uh, so fuck it, I'm just putting him at 11 anyway. Fuck you. Uh, Tyler Sagan for the NHL. Mm, and I know we've already said him, so we don't have to worry about this. Sags. No, we're yeah. good. We're good. Uh, number 10, the NHL, or sorry, the NHL. At number 10, we have Evgeny Malkin, collectively. Nice. Uh, I put him at 13, you had him at 7. Okay. Yeah. 10's probably right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's, I would say he's not any worse than all the all the centermen behind him and he's definitely not any better than the other nine we have so oh, okay. there we uh, go Braden Point at 10 for the NHL yeah that's, yeah that's yeah that's a little high yeah a little high a little low yeah I thought I had him a little high at 12 but mm-hmm. uh, whatever it's fine uh, number 9 Alexander Barkov Alexander Barkov Sasha Barkov I had him at 7 you had him at 11 nice really good offensive player needs to make some strides defensively I would have and said yet, the complete opposite. Well, his possession numbers are really bad. Okay. But, like, like concerning. But yeah, I like him. Yeah, I do too. Cool. Mark Shifley for the NHL Network at number 9. Okay, we we have him higher. Number 8, we collectively have Steven Stamkos. I had him at 9, you had him at 6. Nice. Steven Stamkos, uh, also number 8 for the NHL. 
they're doing pretty good in the center list. Maybe we didn't need to do this. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, the, I always wanted to do this even before the NHL did theirs. Like, well, we were going to do this anyway. The but. big problem was the Biddington on the goalie list that we uh, omitted. Yeah, just, we just and, got pissed off. Because yeah. yeah, that was a list that came out last, too. So that we had time yeah. to let things stew. do. Yeah. You know, the stone thing, and then the Marner being too high, and, you know, then we, then we lost it. Hmm. We lost snapped. it. Snapped. We just snapped one day. Uh, number seven, we collectively have uh, Toronto, a noted Toronto Maple Leaf, uh, John Tavares. Hmm. You had him at ten. I had him at five. Nice. Top five guy, eh? Oh, for sure. Yeah. All right. I'm not going to argue with you. If, if that's yeah, what sure. he is, that's what he is. My five and my six, I think, were interchangeable. And the guy that ended up at six on our list is who I had at six anyway. Hmm. So it kind of... Patrice Bergeron at number seven for the NHL. Well, you'll be happy to know. Uh, Patrice Bergeron comes in at six for our list. I had him at six. You had him at eight. He's probably better than Tavares. I just think Tavares is marginally better. I think Tavares might have a little more gas in the tank, so... Oh yeah, <laughs> and I'm not even saying Tavares has like I'm I'm a little I'm Patrice We're all getting Bergeron's, a little worried about Patrice. Is what you're the, saying? He's the Bruin that I like, and I like Rask too. But I like Patrice Bergeron, and I'm a little concerned that I it it could be night night time for, We're for Patrice. Patrice. It's going to be time for like maybe to him to take a couple of Kawhi Leonard maintenance days this year, where it's yeah. like why isn't he at practice? It's like well he's sleepy. He's at home. Yeah. Crutches aren't working too good yeah. this morning. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. That was our number six. Six. Uh, the NHL had Austin Matthews at six. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sure. I'm, I'm not. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. You're mad. Mm. Number five. We collectively have Mark Shifley. Nice. Interesting. Uh, I had Shifley at eight. You had Shifley at five. So you got your way there. Ah, beautiful. Love mm. him. Uh, John Tavares, number five, the NHL. Nice. I'm going I'm down. Going back. To That's back who I had at the five. Leafs. There you so go. So we're all kind of happy right yeah, now. We're winning. We have the same top four. You'll be happy to know. <laughs> I would hope so. Imagine. Uh, number four, we have Austin Matthews of the Toronto Maple Leafs. A lovely fellow. Uh, you had him at four. I had him at four. Lovely. We're all getting along. Yeah. Except for the NHL Network, who uh, had uh, Sasha Barkov at number four. Yeah, way, way, that's, that's way too high. I like them, but it's that's too high. What are you doing? These taxes are too damn high. He had ninety six points last yeah, year. Yeah, he had a really that's good year. Pretty wild. No, he had a pretty good year. He is really good. Yeah. Uh, you should back check a little more. Yeah. Number three, and try to enter the zone with the puck a little more. Number three, uh, you know, and just uh, try to pass it to your own teammate instead of the other teams. You know, just you know, and you know try to uh, generate chances for oh, your for sure. team and not for the other team. Yeah. You know. You know, but he but he got selkie votes and everything. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah. You know, just try to if your team has the puck, the other team doesn't have the puck. And ideally you want to have the puck so you can try to put the puck in the net. Uh, because you know, yeah. Okay. I'm I'm trying to figure out if there's anyone that's listening right now that didn't already know that. And if you've, actually, <laughs> if you've actually helped someone tonight yeah. with, with those words. but Maybe someone's listening to it with their girlfriend who's never watched hockey Ooh. or something. Hello. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> it's like when, uh, uh, I was going to make an office reference, but you wouldn't get it. Yeah. It's like, uh, there's like a, there's like an episode where Dwight makes a, it's at Pam and Jim's wedding. He makes like a mixtape for Michael to play if he's seducing a woman. And, like, Michael's like, oh, that was very thoughtful, but it's, like, also, like, the weirdest fucking thing ever. So he plays the mixtape, and it's literally just Dwight being like, ah, you're the lucky woman that Michael has seduced to be in your shoes. And Michael, like, turns it off. He's like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, what the fuck was that? 
Good stuff. That's kind of what you sounded like right there. Ooh. Hello. Ooh, baby. Uh, Did we say number three yet? No. No. Uh, Number three, collectively, we have Nathan McKinnon. There was no tiebreaker on three and two other than I just let you have your way. Oh, Because I think mine's more of a hot take than yours. Um, But you had McKinnon at three. I have McKinnon at two. The NHL has Nathan McKinnon at three. I I think the majority of people would argue that. I I'm honestly I could argue that. I see what you're I just I see what think, you're doing. I just think so. You could but, be right. Yeah. 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 But the one thing you can't take away from our number two, Sidney Crosby, who I had at three and you had at two, uh, is that he is much, much, much better defensively than Nathan McKinnon. I just think McKinnon's at the point of his career where he's going to generate offense at a much crazier rate moving forward than Crosby's going to. He's going to make $19 million his next contract. McKinnon? Yeah. Yeah, when it ends in 20 years. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's making a dollar an hour for the next three years, man. <laughs> yeah, he's really good. He is. Really good player. Mm-hmm. I remember I simmed ahead in my NHL franchise last year and McKinnon hit the free agent market and I signed him, ironically, to the Pittsburgh Penguins because I needed someone to help me win one more cup. I was Sans Malkin, but Crosby was getting older and I signed Nathan McKinnon for like $13.5 million a year. That's wild. The cap had not gone up that much. Oh. <laughs> not that much. Heartbreaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Sid, Sid the no longer the kid at number two. Uh, I assume that's where the NHL had Sidney Crosby. Uh, they do. All right. So, number one. That was our list. Uh, <laughs> number one is... Ryan uh, Gesleff. Connor McDavid. Mm. I had Connor McDavid at one, and you shockingly had Connor McDavid at one. The Angel Network also had Connor McDavid at one, if, in case you were worried at home. Steve, Steve Eiserman is number one. Just because he stopped playing doesn't mean he's not the best still. Okay. Yeah, uh, this list wasn't as bad as we thought, so that's... that's yeah, that's fine. Whatever. I don't know. Again, we were going to do this anyway. True. It was just, we figured it would be funny to mention that the NHL's lists were bad. Very quickly, Mitch Marner signed. Yeah. Good with the deal. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Really. It's fine. Like, it's too much, but it's fine. Because it's like, I'd rather give Mitch Marner almost $11 million than spend $11 million between two second-line wingers that are going to fucking... Patrick Hornquist themselves and be irrelevant some years, you know? Yeah, I think I think the only argument that uh, someone could make if they really wanted to argue it is um, maybe you spend that money on the defense somewhere because no one has a contract after next season. But um, I don't know. I'm, I'm really not worried. Uh, it, it just, it's fine. It's, it's going to be fine. Yeah. Everyone's fine. Uh, Besser signed at three years, just under six mil a year. Wierenski signed at three years, roughly $5 million cap hit. And McAvoy signed three years, just under $5 million cap hit per year. Uh, but the one I wanted to ask you about was a six-year deal worth five and a half per year for Travis Konechny, which I thought is one of the very rare deals in modern NHL where I was like, that's awesome for both sides. Yeah. Like, I think that is a bargain, but also, like, that's still a good amount of money for a guy like Travis Konechny. No, it is. You know? He's... he's I don't think he's going to be able to play his game... For all six of those years, so you're you're yeah, kind of yeah you're kind of you're hoping for a Marshawn type development in that guy. You hope, I think, yeah, and, and I think it could be there. Could like be. I, I think it's really early for him. It's it got, feels like he's been around for forever, but yeah. he really has. It's got good risk management because if it doesn't turn out, then it's fine. 
you spent enough money on a project that at the end of the day you're still getting a, a, a middle six guy that that you you know what you have so I, I think it's a really good deal um yeah gives the guy some security with six years and he can he can do that root thing that Phil Kessel never could so root root thing yeah, settle down roots you know oh okay yeah like put, a tree put roots down like a tree you know because uh, Phil Kessel's built like a tree oh big trunk oh okay oh whoa <laughs> Uh, Travis Konechny, 49 points last year uh, in 82 games. He had 47 the year before. Yeah. So, I mean, ideally, if you can, if this guy can get you 50 to 60 points, uh, it's a pretty pretty good deal because it, it brings other things to the table. Uh, if you can turn this guy into a 70-point scorer, you're laughing. He makes less than Kevin Hayes. Uh, all right. Well, that's it. Laced up. You got your top 20 episode that you had been promised. I said I wanted to come in around hour 40. We, we came in around an hour 40. Nice. That's so awesome. we we yeah, go for season us. We season are... two off to a good start. I'm I gotta say well, I don't want to. <laughs> when we make it on time, I uh yeah I mean I don't want to speak for everyone, but I think we're crushing it. Yeah, so there you go, there you go. Thanks for your patience for the late release this week. We will be out on Monday next week. I'm sorry. Um, well, I mean, you know what? Don't don't be don't feel too bad because the problem is with recording on Sundays is I do think that this is not going to be the only time that that happens this year because spoiler alert, I'm planning to get pretty drunk this week and I have the weekend off and I didn't ask for it. Oh, I got a wedding on Saturday. Oh fuck, bud. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll see you Tuesday next week. Uh, you can you can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on Clomper, Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify, uh, Portugal Radio, uh, amongst many other things. Uh, the funny part about saying that at the end of every podcast, and every podcast does it, but um, you already found us if you're listening to us, probably. Yeah, like unless someone is making you listen to this and now you're thinking where can I find more of this mm. uh, first off don't backtrack just wait for next week <laughs> there's no point listening to shit from the middle of December from last year when I'm sick and hung over and... or the lonely episode no one wants to relive the lonely episode yeah we need to have Asia Vass on so she gets a proper shake of oh. the stick this oh, year yes. we should have her on for a whole a, a whole, whole go a whole thing yeah I think she's coming back this year as uh, LU Women's uh, captain oh good so we actually have a reason to talk yeah, no, I'm just no, kidding yeah yeah, but we'll be back next week. We're not sure if we're going to do season predictions next week or if we're going to do it the week after and maybe do sort of a, you know, more of a creative episode next week. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be news to talk about, but we might need to do some activities Yeah, it, and it might like depend that. on a, a few guys named Point, Kachuk, Line A, and Connor signing or not signing, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, Rantanen, too. Rantanen's going to be a big one because yeah. uh, that's a team who could maybe win the Central if they have a top 10 winger mm. i don't know where you they think he's sitting there looking at mckinnon's contract going no 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 i'm not doing that <laughs> to some degree yeah he should be yeah he should be yeah. i mean yeah like like uh, yeah. yeah yeah whatever yeah okay good. see you next week no. i think we're yeah. good we're yeah. done see ya sure why not i gotta edit this now it's two o'clock in the morning no, goodbye i'm telling you this place is perfect you're gonna make friends in no time get me out of here! Here, just eat that! Leave us alone!